Hi, and welcome to a podcast from Hope Springs Church Coventry. For more, please find us on Facebook at Hope Springs Church or on Twitter, we're at Hope Springs Cobb. Thank you and enjoy. Um, so we've been doing like prayer and contemplation over the last couple of weeks um, and so we lit candles a couple of weeks ago. Has anyone been lighting their candles? <laughs> I was going to ask you to bring them and I thought, no, I thought I won't because it will um, show who's been using it. Yeah. Um, but when we light a candle, it just brings us to a sense of recognising that in this moment we're carving out a bit of time just to acknowledge that Jesus is here, that he's here whether we light the candle or not but it just helps us to kind of focus in on what we're doing. So we're going to light the candle and say, Jesus is here. Jesus Jesus is here. Um, So yeah, so over the last couple of weeks, I think Cy might have been the first one to talk, and he talked um, initially about um, the Lord's Prayer and what that is and what it looks like in us, in our day-to-day lives, about the fact that it doesn't kind of speed God's agenda up by praying it or skip a few pages, I think he used the term, but it's not like a prayer to master, but more a context of relationship that, you know, when we say our Father, we're already his children we're already on the inside we're not trying to attain or aspire to be something but we're already inclusive in God's family and he talked about that kind of the context of how that um, prayer was meant to be and about it, it changing us not us changing him and his agenda and then I spoke about contemplation about this resting of our monkey minds that are going crazy in today's day and age and actually carving out time to change our perspectives about things, about looking at things on that deeper level rather than just being concerned with all the top notes. We as people are called to look at things slightly differently and from God's perspective and contemplation brings us to that place where we're actually able to do that. And then Steve spoke last week about um, well-trodden paths, um, which I thought was really interesting. And it kind of, like, I'd spoken a little bit about trodden paths in my one. And then um, he kind of talked about liturgical prayer and actually carving paths in our lives that are really healthy. And so I talked about paths that are sometimes unhealthy, like habitual paths that we just keep going down. But then Steve spoke about it on the other side, that actually there can be really healthy well-trodden paths and liturgical prayer can actually be a vehicle for that because in chaos or in difficulties or things that we face on a day-to-day basis, prayer is like a well-trodden path. We know how to do this. We know how to access that peace. We know how to access that wisdom. We know how to access resting in God because it's a path that we've trodden over and over again. It becomes instinctive. So he spoke about that and about you know, him sitting in his car before youth drinking yoghurt drinks, actually, you know, seemingly doing nothing, but actually just creating space, just having like an hour before he had to do youth where he just did nothing. He had no agenda other than just, right, I'm, I'm about to give myself to these youthful people. What, what's on your heart, God? What am, I, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? You know, he just had that time where he was unstructured in his relationship with God in that moment. And today I want to talk about silence, and I feel like that kind of like is relevant throughout all the things that we've been looking at. Um, And 
yeah, it can help us. It can be one way, again, to kind of um, encounter God. And for some of us, silence comes really easily, and some of us not so. You know, me and my mum are complete chalk and cheese on this. She's the kind of person that she lives on her own, but she'll get in, open her front door, put the TV on downstairs, put the radio on upstairs. She doesn't watch any TV, but she just has to have background noise. She has to feel like she's not alone. She just needs, like, stimulus. Whereas I'm the complete opposite, you know, put me in a room full of people and within about half an hour I'm craving just time on my own you know if I go on holiday with people I just need time where I just am not with people like I actually really relish silence you know so we're all just different I remember when me and Pete first got together before we got married and being um uh introduced to his dinner times at 101 you know at that point his brothers lived at home it was mayhem you know you got 13 people around a table they're all talking about different things the phone's ringing someone's knocking on the door like it was just always chaotic and for me it was like a bombardment of the senses and I was like this is not how you do dinner <laughs> like you know but it's just because I was just different I've just got a different makeup in me so you know we'll all approach silence in a different way and I, I really liked that song we sang today about um, I'm when I'm surrounded. It may look like I'm surrounded, but, and there's always a but. And I think one of my favourite aspects of my relationship with God is that it, a lot of it seems really counterintuitive. You know, it may look like I'm surrounded, but, you know, and this is how I fight my battles. Not by, you know, the wisdom of the world, but by doing things and engaging with things that look a little bit illogical, that don't really make sense to us. And everything that we see around us isn't actually what's going on, necessarily. There's always just this undercurrent of truth that we need to tap into. So I just, that song, I think, since we started singing it, has really been speaking to me recently. And prayer, contemplation, being silent before God, it doesn't have to make sense to us. And in a way, it shouldn't do, because part of faith is not understanding something. It's not about knowing it, it's about trusting the process. So, just in our day-to-day -day lives, you know, when are, just, you know, not spiritually talking, like, when are we silent? When, when is it that we're actually quiet in our lives? And I kind of thought of three key, just really simple ways. We're silent when we're listening to somebody. So when you're talking to somebody, naturally you're quiet because you're listening to what they're saying. You're quiet when you're sleeping, unless you're pee after a few beers and you <laughs> snore all night. But generally we're quiet when we sleep. And we're... <laughs> what? <laughs> and we're quiet when we're amazed you know when we're speechless when you know I was looking I was going to show a video you know like of like Dynamo or whatever when he does a magician's trick um, and people are like just amazed and they're speechless so we're we're silent in these three key areas and I just think that that's like three integral areas of our relationship with God we're silent because we want to acquire knowledge we're listening to him we we're not thinking about what we already know we're trying to engage with what he knows and we're trying to um just understand him when we're resting which is obviously a really key thing with God we're not no, not works people we don't try and gain our salvation we are restful in him and when we're amazed when we're in awe when we're in wonder of Christ that's when we're speechless that's when we're quiet and silent a few scriptures you don't have to turn to it because of time but um, 1 Kings 19 um, 1 Kings 19, verse 11. I'll just read this a little bit out. So this is Elijah and God. And he says, Then he said, 
um, this is God said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. And he goes on to say, you know, when sometimes God, it seems like we're looking for him in the wind, the earthquake, the fire, in all these amazing places, you know, that we might think that we're going to hear God. But actually, you know, time and time again in scripture, it's in the quiet, small spaces where God actually begins to give people the blueprint of what it is that he wants them to do or that he's planned for a particular situation. It's in these quiet times, these moments. In Isaiah 30, verse 15... He says, in returning and rest you shall be saved, in quietness and confidence shall be your strength. In rest, quietness, confidence. Like, I just love that because it's like, you know, of all where we've come theologically over the years, you know, we've come further and further away from working for our salvation and more and more toward just recognising that we're already, we've already been given this amazing gift. And, you know, in quiet in rest, in returning to that sense of confidence. That's where your strength is, that where is where our salvation is. In Luke 9, verse 23, um, it's the encounter of um, Peter, John and James, where him, them and Jesus go up on their little hike and um, they, um, they're just praying and then all of a sudden they're just like with each other and then Jesus, who is just their friend, you know, it's just their companion in life, he just becomes like this glowing, dazzling being in front of them, and they're, they're all amazed by that. And then, a bit further on, three dead pe- two dead people turn up, Moses and, Moses and Elijah, you know, beside of him. And they're as real to him as Jesus is, because Peter wants to make them a tent for the night. Like he, They really think that they're in front of their eyes. And yet it says that they went home, it says, but they kept quiet and told no one. They went back to their normal daily lives, and they did didn't say anything you know imagine if we went up just on a you know on a little outing and our friend just became dazzling and then two dead people turned up and you know like it's pretty spectacular encounter that they had but their response was actually silence and sometimes when we encounter the like sheer like amazingness of God the majesty without being too like super spiritual in our words whatever word you can think of of just the goodness and the greatness of God, sometimes our natural response to that is actually just to be quiet and just to be silent before God in, in, like, in amazement of who he is. In Psalm 46, we all know it, be still and know that I'm God. You know, don't not read more, not sing more, not try harder more. Just, yeah. just be still. I am God. Just don't do anything. You don't need to do anything right now. Just be still. Psalm 62, my soul waits for God. From him comes my salvation. My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation and my hope is from him. So it's waiting silently, expectation from God coming from that place of just waiting, just being quiet before him. 
And then lastly, um, when they went round Jericho and they were trying to defeat the city, um, God gave them that strategy of walking around the city for six after you know each day for six days. But they were to walk around silently. Every time they walked around it, they were just to keep quiet. And then on the seventh day, walk round it six times quiet in silence and on the seventh time walk around it again there's a lot of walking isn't it and then shout but all those times before the shouting just be quiet don't use your tongues don't talk to each other don't start like um you know commentating on what strategy you're going to use or whether you can do it or not or whether you've got the right you know resources or who are you to be defeating this people just be quiet just do what i say just walk around and each time you walk around you're getting more confident each time you walk around i'm going to be depositing strength in you each time you walk around you don't have to know logically what's going on here but just trust the process Silence, I think, um, allows for um, several things. We're going to look at a few of them um, now. So the first one is, I believe that it stops us wasting our energy. You know, I, you know, for years I've been part of prayer meetings. You know, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong in this, but I'm just talking personally. You know, where we really put so much energy in what we're saying and in warfaring and fighting for something. And there is times and places for that. I'm definitely not dismissing that. But sometimes I think we do actually just waste a lot of energy by saying things and asking for things and declaring things that maybe God is like, yeah, done. Like, you know, like, next next thing. You know, like, not that he doesn't want to listen to us, but just that, like... You know, sometimes we just need to actually be more mindful of what we're saying and using our words for. And I've I've never had a baby. <laughs> I have had three babies. I mean, I've never had I've never given childbirth. But I, of two of them, I did labour. And on both of those in- experiences, I was told by the midwives to stop like screaming and shouting, but actually use that energy to control the pain and to push that baby out. And it's actually about using that energy within us constructively and I think silence does that you probably won't um, join me on this but I am obsessed with birth videos on Instagram you can um, join friends with people who put birth videos up yeah it's amazing yeah but what you'll notice is on all the people who give birth (laughs) on all the people that give birth the most amazingly they're all really quiet they all really like channel their energy and their just that that feeling that they're in to to doing what it, they're set out to do, which is delivering that baby. There's real power in just keeping quiet. Yeah. Barney is so busy sometimes telling me no or what he wants or asserting himself that he doesn't realise that I've actually answered his question. You know, he's asking me, I want a snack, I want a snack, I want a snack. And I've actually said yes, but because he's so busy demanding it and shouting, he doesn't appreciate what the answer's been. And I think sometimes I just think this about me, sometimes I feel like that with my relationship with God. I'm there like, please, please, please. You know, and God's just like, you know, come on, like, give me give me something else here because I've I've already dealing with this I've already done it the answer's yes or whatever you know and sometimes just be quiet just be quiet second thing is um, it's often the only necessary response to life situations and to our relationship with God is just to be quiet um, I um, obviously work with people who are dying all the time and people when people are close to death 
very rarely, if ever, are words ever necessary. You know, people crave touch, they crave comfort by just literally just being with somebody. You know, we at Myton, we, there is all one floor, one level, and we often just open up the double doors and push their bed out so they can just feel the sun. Woo! the sun on their face, the wind on their skin, like just like not words, but actually just experience and just being like at one with nature and with life. And, you know, people often say, you know, relatives and that, like, oh, you know, can they hear me? Like, what should I be saying? I don't know what to do. Like, do they want me in there? And, you know, we, as nurses, we're always just saying, just, just sit with them. Like, there's nothing else that you can do. Just be with them. Like, they know that you're with them. Just love them by just being with them. And sometimes that is just, that's all that's necessary. It's just that, just that quietness. It allows for peace to enter our lives. You know, I, um, over the years, have often up walking around my house in the still of the night. And there's, the nighttime holds a real different sense of peace that the daytime just doesn't possess. You know, do you ever want, do you ever find yourself up, you know, getting a glass of water or whatever? And I always wander around the house and I look out the window and all the lights, more or less, in the houses have all gone out and the traffic is down to that really low hum. And it's just like a real quietness and a stillness. And I think that silence and that quietness just brings with it a sense of peace that in the busyness of our lives, we just, it just gets filtered out and we, we can't access it. But when we as people practice being quiet, we're able to access that nighttime peace in the daytime. So it allows for a sense of peace in our lives. Silence is like the hushing the hushing of our lives, the hushing of the dramas all around us, of our emotions. It allows for original thought. We, I remember me and Peter looking at this a little while back and they, there's this thing called the art of boredom. And it's about how actually when, you're, when you actually create boredom, it's, it can be a really positive thing for, um, for us. We were looking at it for children. Um, because when children are bored that's actually when they are the most creative when they're the most innovative and imaginative um, because you're not giving them stimulus all the time you're not you know telling them what to do or what to play with or giving them like everything that they could possibly want actually when you create space where they haven't got stimulus where they haven't got toys where they haven't got the latest this and that Actually, that's when their dem the demand on them is to be more creative, is to be more imaginative, and that's the same for us, isn't it? When you know, when we are constantly bombarded with stimulus, stimulus all the time, we don't have to think about anything else because we're too busy receiving all this other stuff and all from all these other sources. But actually, when we're quiet and we stop all of that that might be when actually we're able to think differently about things. We're actually able to think in a much more innovative way. Um, the minute Barney's obsessed with the Ninky Nonk, does anyone know? It's like the train from a cartoon. It's a little train. And he is desperate for it. He's asking me for it all the time. And I haven't bought it for him. He keeps saying, it's too expensive. It's too expensive. And I'm like, yeah. And, and, but you should see the creative ways that he has created the Ninky Nonk. You know, he will get other you are. Oh, oh gosh. Oh, he'd love it. He, you know, he'll get other toys that don't re resemble the Nicky Nonk at all, but he will like join them together. And I'll see him on his tummy on the floor 
pretending that he's got the ninky nonk and he hasn't at all you know he's just got these other little things and part of me feels really guilty I'm like oh for goodness sake Lizzie just buy him the ninky nonk look at him I look how much he loves it but then part of me is like no this is the art of boredom like look how creative he's being he's using his imagination he's looking at things in a different way so I just think you know silence allows us to have that same kind of thing and like Steve was saying about the well-trodden paths that are both positive and I spoke about them in a negative way, which either way, silence allows for new paths to be formed if you've got negative ones that need to be you know, grown over, like for me, self-esteem ones, you know, I react to something, my self-esteem goes plummeting. That is a well-trodden path in me that needs to be regrown over. I need to sow some grass seed there so it stops being stops being my habitual pattern. But equally, so I so I kind of crave a new one. But equally, silence can help us to reassert paths that are good. So it, that can work in both ways as well. Silence is also an act of service to other people. When we're just quiet and we listen to other people, we're deferring to their their knowledge, their insight on something. And even, you know, I've got this quote I've got at home, even the most dull and ignorant people have their story to tell. And their story is just as valid to them as our story is to us. So when we're talking to people, just listen, just be quiet. Don't be thinking about what it is that you've got to say, but actually in being quiet, we are just deferring to, I can learn something from you. I can be in a position of, um, not inferiority like where we think badly of ourselves, but just like submitting to something that they might actually be able to teach us or that a situation might be able to teach us, whatever it is that we find ourselves in. Be eager and be curious to acquire more understanding rather than to assert what we already know. It's an act of honour and reverence. You know, next week it's Remembrance Sunday, isn't it, in the Evans? Yeah. Um, you know, and I was thinking, why do we observe two minutes silence during times like that? You know, this year we've had quite a lot of people, young people, die in my area, and we have these little, like, candlelit um, roadside services almost where you know people parents will gather at seven o'clock or whatever at the roadside where these people have died and light candles and we're quiet and it's like sometimes it's the only response to just respect something and be in honor of something and I went to um, visit my neighbor this week he's 94 and um, his wife is 93 and she's just died she died last week and I went to visit him to see how he is and that and you know they've been married for 70 years can you imagine that 70 years and for the last part of that they literally just day in day out with each other experienced absolutely everything together and she's dead like how do you possibly carry on living and I was just talking to him and I just said like Ron what you know what what have you been doing like in this last week like how have you experienced life without her like tell you know what how has it been and he said well when I found out that she died I just thought I can't put the tv on I just can't do it um and then he said and then I thought I'm not going to put it on for a week in respect of Marion. I'm just for one week, I'm just not going to put it on. And I said, oh, you know, what have you been doing then in that week? Like in those, because when you're 94, there's nothing else to do for old people than to watch TV. You can't get out of the house because it can, you know, you can walk, but not out and about. You know, it doesn't live with anybody else. What do you do? 
you know, you watch TV, don't you? And so for a whole week, seven days, he, did, he just said, he just sat in his chair, like looking at the walls for a whole week. And he just said, but he did it because he wanted to respect her. He wanted to like show her how much she meant to him. And I just like really broke my heart. And I just thought like that is again what silence does, isn't it? It's, sometimes it's just our only appropriate response to respecting another person's life or another person's opinion, another person's story. It's just to be quiet and to be respectful of it. It's a response of humility. We're silent, we're silent because we don't know any other response. We're silent because we admit and we recognise that we're powerless in a situation. We're weak, we're in need, we're dependent and we're not in control. You know, sometimes we just need to continue to remind ourselves, I am not in control right now. And finally, it helps us um, be at peace with ourselves, our own successes and our own failures, and to be okay with who we are and what we're experiencing. You know, I am, I think anyway, probably Pete will agree, <laughs> I am an emotional person. I've experienced really strong PMT, like, and that is not something to be scoffed at, man. <laughs> like, I, you know, I really, my mood swings go it's up and down. Female. <laughs> female version for me. <laughs> and it's horrible. I am irrational, I'm illogical, I'm really um, tense, and it's horrible. And I have just, yeah, I'm an emotional person. But I, I am finding increasingly that the response to that is just to keep quiet. You know, and I keep thinking of my mum, like, if you haven't got anything good to say, don't say anything at all. Like, mums say that all the time, don't they? And you just kind of, like, bat it off is just something your mum said but I, st- I actually think of that now like when I'm with the kids like I've not got anything good to say I'm just <laughs> gonna shut up you know I'm just gonna be quiet you know one it was last week or something I was really getting tense and we were trying to leave the house and I was getting really angry and I just thought I'm gonna allow myself to feel it I'm gonna name it right now I am angry I'm gonna let myself feel it I'm going to welcome this because it doesn't tell me that I'm a failure. But, and now I'm going to be quiet and let it be transformed into something that's a little bit more healthy. We name it, we feel it, we welcome it, we transform it. And you can do all of those four processes in a moment of silence, in a moment of just, let's just stop right now. Let's just take a breath. Let's, you know, let's get that deep breathing that we talked about to change in our chemical makeup. Let's just allow God to do something creative in this moment because I am annoyed. I am irritable. I am whatever it might be. And um, I wanted to, um, you know, the last time we tried to give out just something that might help you in your kind of walk. Um, So take one of these prayers and pass it along. just in, a, in the next coming weeks, if you're feeling any swings of emotion, it doesn't have to be a negative one, I suppose, but um, this is a prayer that can help you in just accessing a little bit more control over, over the situation and over your emotions. So I'll read it out. It's called the Welcoming Prayer, and it, Father Keating um, kind of instigated it, but it's been altered over the years. So, welcome, welcome, welcome. I welcome everything that comes to me today because I know it's for my healing. I welcome all thoughts, all feelings, emotions, persons, situations and conditions. I let go of my desire for power and control. 
I let go of my desire for affection, esteem, approval and pleasure. I let go of my desire for survival and security. I let go of my desire to change any situation, condition, person or myself. I open to the love and presence of God and God's action within me. When I'm feeling these moments or I don't understand something, I will just come back to this and pray it and it, it reminds me that I am powerless to change so much of stuff apart from my response to whatever it is that I'm experiencing. When you're getting a swing of emotion or you're feeling something in particular, don't analyse it, think about it, critique it, um, don't overthink the process. Just acknowledge that, that you're feeling it, you welcome that feeling and then you transform it. You know, let go in of our desire for survival and security. You know, that's that element of self-preservation in our lives. Let go in of what was the bit that I really loved. Um, my desire for power and control. My desire for affection, esteem, approval, and pleasure. You know, when what so often when we we are facing struggles if we really get to the root of it, it's about our own ego, it's about our own sense of self-esteem, our own sense of pleasure, control, need, and actually just, just be quiet, allow God to minister to you in that moment and to let it go and to change the way you're feeling. We need to find the silence and then we need to stay there. And I, you know, we've all got really busy lives and this isn't about separation. You know, we've, you know, there are times where we do need to go on retreats and spa days and, you know, walks up Snowden and whatever to get away from stuff. But actually the silence that I'm trying to talk about today is actually silence within our lives, not a separation from it. So even if, you know, you're crazy busy at work, you know, on your way to clients or in meetings or, you know, like whatever it might be for all of us, it will look completely different. It's about accessing that moment of quiet, even in all of that chaos, even in all of that busyness. It's not about a physical silence. It's about an interior, internal inner silence. Silence isn't about separation. Um, it's about inviting the silence in that moment and then going further and actually entering it. It's an invitation and then it's an entering. Silence is already around us. It is already in existence. It's not something that we have to kind of conjure up. It's already there. It's already present. We just need to access it. We need to accept that invitation and allow room for it to breathe in our lives. And finally, we don't in, we don't enter silence to better ourselves or because it's virtuous you know we don't do it to have these moments where we think oh I'm so like at one with the world I'm so you know I'm so good right now we don't do it for any sense of like it bearing fruit in us other than we enter it because we know that in that process of being quiet in that process of contemplating in that process of of praying whatever that might look for you we actually are engaged with God changing our mindsets transforming the way that we think and feel about things recognizing that we don't have the authority on everything or anything but that we actually like we spoke about in contemplation voluntarily displaced right now I choose to become nothing and nobody in my quest to know all the fullness that I am in you.
you know, everything, all my truest sense of self in you, that's what I'm trying to access right now. And I do that by laying down of everything around me, of all the stuff and the, yeah, the, you know, busyness. I just take that moment of calm and quiet. We enter into the depths of silence so that we can quieten the very need to be virtuous. Um, Richard Rohr, in his book, says that we enter the silence by going into a quiet place, sitting, eyes closed, until we feel the embrace of silence, but then when it silences us. And I think that, like, for me, is really a lovely idea. Like, we silence, uh, we silence it of our free will, but then it actually silences us. It does the work. This presence of silence actually does the work in us. Every time we lose our inner silence, it's not to be seen as a failure, but rather as a concrete opportunity to re-choose it. You know, we all lose it all the time, don't we? We all get that moment where, like, I'm going out the door and I'm really angry, like, I've lost it, I've lost that silence right now. But it's not a failure, it's just my opportunity to re-choose it again. Just re-choose it, re-choose that moment to contemplate, re-choose that moment to pray, re-choose that moment to be silent, not beating yourself up, not wishing you were better, not trying to attain to any set of standard, but just start again, just re-choose, re-choose. So God, I just really pray that in these next coming weeks, as we even just go away today, that you would just help us, Father, to create silence in our lives silence that is respectful silence that um, reveres you silence that allows you opportunity to change our minds to carve new trodden paths and to reassert ones that should be there god i just pray that you would help us to encounter you in a new way that the things that we've been learning over the last couple of weeks that you would just help us to actually um, make a difference in our lives in the way that we understand you so god we just thank you for what you're doing in and through us as a group of people we thank you that your heart is for us we thank you that every single one of us has goodness and mercy and grace following us in every step that we take i thank you that every moment we lose our silence we're not failing every time we lose our silence we haven't lost you but we just take this moment right now just to re-choose to re-choose your way of doing things to not have to need to understand things things but just to come to that place of trusting the process so father i pray that you would just um just give us strategies this week to um, implement all that you're trying to teach us father amen Amen. Amen.